Welcome to A New Table, uh, where local conversations are at the heart of global change. Uh, I'm here, well, I am, and Sam. Sam and I are both here today in Dorset yeah. with Emma, mm -hmm. Emma Ellis Flint, who is a accredited nutritionist, mm -hmm. also a published author. Absolutely. And who specializes in nutrition, especially around perimenopause and menopause. Mm. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing. You so so I am delighted when you ask me. Yeah. And also we are, well, we're obviously probably going to publish this a little bit later, but we're filming this the day after we came out with our trailer. Ah, so, so exciting. <laughs> um, but okay, so very excited for you to join us. Um, obviously, we like to start with giving a little bit of background uh, of our guests. So, um, you know, from what I gather, obviously, you have a very interesting professional journey uh, spanning decades. You started in hospitality mm. and then you went over to be a professional chef and then you moved over towards the science side of nutrition. So yeah. do you want to like walk us through a little bit about how yeah. you became Emma? Yeah, from no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. But you're right. I was chefing. I was working as a chef in Sydney, Australia, at which where I've spent most of my adult life. But you're originally born in. I'm England. originally born yeah. in England, and we're now sitting in England yes. <laughs> for this podcast because I moved back to about four years ago. So I was in Sydney, Australia. Now the produce. I don't know if you've ever been there. The produce is just stunning there because the climate's so wonderful, mm. and they've I just been yet. Yeah. absolutely fruit and vegetables just coming out of everywhere beautiful fruit and vegetables so I was very inspired by that anyway and I was chefing so sure my food was kind of like just high-end posh food not very nutritionally focused but me personally I was feeling like I wanted to go more in that direction Okay. And I was not feeling as well as I could be. I had kind of like irritable bowel syndrome. I fluctuated between loose bowel movements or like a little bit of constipation. And I just got through the day. I didn't absolutely jump through the day and have lots of vitality. And so I knew I couldn't be a chef for the whole of my life mm. because it's sweaty and it's hot. And I, yes, sure, I can yell at people, which I like doing. <laughs> but, you know, there's just so much you can take. So... I just think, I thought, right, I'm going to stop this and I'm going to go and study my degree in nutrition. And I did. And boy, within the first semester, bam, you know, eyes opened. Oh, is that right? Oh, is that, that's, yes, that makes so much sense. You know, it's like a real, real light bulb moment. And I started playing with the food on myself, what I was learning in my nutrition degree. Oh, you were your own guinea pig. I was my own okay. guinea pig. And... And yeah, my symptoms changed. And I didn't really think about it. I just 
started stopped having loose bowel movements and you know and I, I had regular bowel movements by the way I talk about bowel movements in my clinic work all the time yeah all the time I know like this so. is just the intro we're not even two <laughs> minutes in and we're already talking about poop love it absolutely so <laughs> but I, honestly, I yeah. think that people who are going to be watching this are the target audience oh so, yeah 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 poop is really important <laughs> it actually tells you masses about yourself okay okay so, so let's like instead yeah. of like card reading or your your tea completely <laughs> or your iridology looking at your iris which actually has some foundation in science it's a bit sketchy but it does yeah. okay okay poop definitely yeah. all right so look i i just got better and mm. i didn't think about it until i reflected about three months after i started changing what i was eating okay and i felt Blimey, I'm jumping out of bed in the morning. I get through the day. I have vitality. I had started up a bit of exercise, but that was after I started feeling better. My bowel movements were every day. Mm. I was feeling good. I had a flat tummy instead of a bloated one every mm. night, you know? Yeah. And I felt good. Were you, did you um, journal your food or were you just like naturally in tuned with like when things weren't going well? When I was just naturally well? in tune. I okay. didn't journal it. I, I think I should have really kept a detailed diary of the, of the changes, but I didn't. But it was what I was learning in my degree anyway. Mm. And then I started practicing on some family members and then I was, by this time I was getting well into my degree, then I had to start clinic work mm -hmm. within my degree, um, observational only at first, but that was so fascinating and I wanted to, you know, always be making suggestions yeah. with, with clients about what they should be doing. And it just snowballed from there. It's, yeah. I, I think it's super cool to, well, so I have it written down here actually and I find it really important to sort of, really state that uh, the, the the educational background because I think there can be a little bit of a misconception that mm. things that are uh, or professionals that have a more holistic approach mm. might not be as accredited mm. or as educated but you have a bachelor in nutritional science absolutely right yeah yeah and then a advanced diploma in nutritional medicine yeah yeah you also um did an introduction to nutritional psychiatry mm. yes I did yeah. yeah that that was a really that was so interesting as well because I am extremely interested in how food can change your mood or how your mood can be changed by mm. food really interested in that I see that a lot in my clinic work and so I wanted to delve into it more and I might go further okay. um, but we'll see yeah okay. yeah okay. very very interested in that and so that was great. That was fantastic. And of course I did, because of my IBS type background, yeah. I wanted to learn what the latest research was showing. Mm -hmm. So I actually did, in fact, what's called the low FODMAP certificate. Yeah. And FODMAP is just an acronym for types of fermentable foods, fructose, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, things like that, monosaccharides. Um, and it's just the foods that ferment in your gut and can cause like IBS type symptoms so I learned all about that um yeah so that was a real real good postgraduate so you totally to totally it. geeked out on the science side of food yeah. so you went from like food for pleasure <laughs> to food exactly. for yeah I mean a function yeah. I guess you could say yeah yeah and now so uh a practicing nutritionist you do one-on-one -on -one consultations yeah. you um you do workshops I do as yeah. well mm -hmm. um I know that you work with different brands yeah. for recipes yeah. advice insights mm -hmm. you work with the balance app too i do the balance yeah. menopause and perimenopause app amazing free app 
fantastic content, including mine, of course, but amazing foundational content, all evidence-based, factual. A lot of it's written by the doctors Mm. um, that work with balance. It's it's fantastic, actually, Um, an amazing app. That's super cool. We'll definitely pop it up on the screen yeah. for people to find out about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then also a published author. You have several books, right? I know the yeah. Happy Hormone yeah. Cookbook. So the Happy Hormone Cookbook is is my most sold book. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's out of print at the moment, but we're going to try and convert it into an ebook, and that will be just so much more accessible for more people, which I want. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that started a bit my journey. I was doing a workshop mm-hmm. about foods for female hormones. Right. Okay, lovely, fantastic topic. I was very passionate about it because I had seen in my clinic work, and this was still whilst I was living in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, I'd seen that food does help a female feel more balanced, mm-hmm. helps her hormones, especially that PMS time, that time running up to her period starting. Yeah. And so I was running workshops and then there was a publisher that came to the, just happened to personally come to the workshop and said, could you write me a cookbook on this? And I went, yep, I can do this. I can do that for you. So yeah, it was great. So now that's really your niche, I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I morphed into that and then I morphed more specifically into that perimenopause menopause mm-hmm. stage because there was so little known about it I didn't know much about it I was seeing some big improvements in my clients that were in that kind of time and I can't really say age category because that so usually a woman goes into perimenopause in her 40s mm-hmm. maybe mid 40s usually a woman goes into menopause in kind of 50 early 50s okay but the point is, of course, there's outliers. That can and, happen much earlier. And much it can, later. perimenopause yeah. can start happening okay. in a woman's 30s. Oh, wow. Okay. And in fact, unfortunately, uh, premature, what's called premature ovarian insufficiency, POS, can happen where a woman goes into menopause also in her, her before her 40s even. Okay. So um, it's, it's actually becoming more common. Mm. Yeah, so because I think there's a lot of hormone disruption going on, and we can go into that, yeah. you know, down the track. Um, so I was becoming more and more interested, in fact, in the perimenopause especially, because it's a bumpy ride. Mm. It's a real bumpy ride for a woman. It's Your hormones are still there, but they're going up and they're down, and then they're gradually declining, and then you're just all over the place. Can you imagine, you know, you might have the most beautiful life, the most balanced life, very zen even, but, you know, along comes this natural transition for, for, for you, say, you know, I'm not yet, but, you know, it'll come I mean, along. I mean, not on yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is a wooden table, so mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. Um, I think, and then it's bumpy, really bumpy. And so what it's What are the about, symptoms and signs that, are, that make you bumpy? So, do we want to know? Yeah, yes. no. Well, on the Balance app, there's yeah. a fantastic list of all the educate like literally evidence-based symptoms and symptoms that the doctors have seen in their clinic work and that's a really comprehensive list I think there's Mm. something like 30 or 40 potential symptoms so I can't I won't go into all of them now but what are the symptoms okay disturbed sleep is a classic okay okay um for no particular reason Mm -hmm. disturbed sleep and then also your periods very slightly maybe changing maybe they've been regular maybe they've been spot on every 28 days Mm. Um, and then they might get a little bit shorter, maybe they're every 26 days, but still regular. 
or perhaps they lengthen out a little bit, or perhaps your periods become heavier, quite a lot heavier, a lot of heavy bleeding where they weren't normally, or the opposite, they become really lighter, or even you skip a month here and there occasionally. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's just this bump, bumpiness, you know, it changes. Then your skin can become a bit more irritated. Some people who may have had acne in their teenage years get a little bit of like acne rosacea in that perimenopause. Uh, their skin, hair and nails aren't quite so good and healthy. Um, their digestive system absolutely starts to play up. Okay. Not always, but quite frequently. So especially if they may have had a history of IBS or something like that. So maybe they get more bloating or changes in their bowel movements. Back to bowel movements, you see. Mm -hmm. Definitely going to come back to bowel movements. And that affects them, them, their digestion, their overall vitality. Also affects their gut microbes. So their gut microbiota. And we can go into that and why that's mm. so important. But the thing is... That's not the least of it. They might get quite itchy skin. Some people even get a feeling like they've got insects crawling underneath their skin. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Other people get tinnitus. And this so is perimenopause? Perimenopause, okay. yeah. And menopause. So okay. really it's kind of a blend. Uh, menopause is simply, officially, when a woman has not had a period for 12 months. Okay, and I see. Oh, okay. So really, right. perimenopause and menopause are kind of... They're, they're yeah, kind of this, like this, this whole journey. It's just a different, different terminology simply because it's once the periods have stopped for 12 months, then you're in menopause. But it's all the same kind of time. Okay, so this crawling, itchy skin, dry skin, like really unpleasant. Some women get dry mouths, mm -hmm. like almost like dry throat or lungs, dry vaginas, that sort of thing. Really, really irritating. And dry eyes, of course. Yeah. Um, as I say, hearing hearing changes or hearing loss or tinnitus. What's that thing that happens when you start to have like placebo? I feel like I'm like, I'm thinking about, do I have things crawling my skin right now? Are my lips dry? I think my eyes are Yeah, too. so psychosomatic. <laughs> yes, yeah, psychosomatic. <laughs> so, okay, wait, it sounds like, so a lot of crazy stuff happens to you. Yeah. Um, it And I mean, it does seem like there's not like one straight answer. I assume that there's no like one test that will be able to... Oh, no, not at all. Great, you're in perimenopause. Yeah. No. No, okay. No. Um, there, you can test your bloods once you're in menopause, but really right. it's not about the test, the blood test, okay. for example. It's, for instance, 12 months after you've had no periods, you're in menopause. Okay. And those, that big symptom list, yeah. you could tick it. And once there's enough ticks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And menopause, I mean, you know, obviously like the whole caricature, especially in like films and TV oh of the, God, the hot flashes don't, and the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really it's the hot flashes. Yeah. What's, what's that like menopause? It's yeah. not because, so it's interesting that you say it's when it's been 12 months that a woman hasn't had her period. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean she has no more hormones to balance no 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 right? absolutely yeah. yeah so there is a little bit of uh, we do still make um testosterone estrogen and progesterone not really progesterone testosterone estrogen after once we've gone into menopause a little okay. bit of progesterone um anyway that's that's made a little bit from your ovaries but also from your adrenal glands okay so we do make a little bit so it's there um where are those 
Adrenals. It's the dumb question. Okay, I'm no, no, they're sitting on top of your kidneys, just <laughs> oh, here. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I ask all the dumb questions because Good. <laughs> I and I will never be embarrassed because I know. Well, first of all, I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, I could Google it, but you're right here, and then I know that there's probably like at least one other person listening to this who's like, oh, thank God she asked that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and th- and that's the thing because a lot gets talked about these days yeah. about adrenal fatigue you know we're all ah. stressed out more oh my gosh yes, okay that term. Okay. Yeah. okay so we know about adrenal fatigue and we yeah. know about cortisol imbalance right. and that's the thing and this whole stress discussion yeah. okay and that goes on even much more in perimenopause and early menopause mm. anyway because of this flux this bump bumpy ride a woman's in and you yeah and so we want to really nourish and nurture those adrenals because mm. they're also going to provide us with a little bit of our female hormones right. and also we want to keep our body in balance anyway yeah. so we can cope with this and we can be, be a bit more comfortable yeah. and all that yeah and i haven't even mentioned the the most important i think symptom i mean yes hot flushes is the classic yeah but mood changes mood changes okay What's the difference it's, with mood changes and like personality changes? I mean, totally unrelated, I guess. Okay. Okay. Don't re- yeah. No, totally so I don't know really yeah. about personality okay. changes. That sounds like a, a psychiatrist diagnosis right. of a thing. The, the mood, our mood is just how happy you feel or, or how over emotional are you or right. how tearful are you where it might not be so appropriate for you to be so tearful or mm-hmm. upset. Um, or do you kind of feel flat in the day? I.e., you know, we all go through in our day, you know, moments even of happiness and joy. Yeah. But then we come down a bit and even we go through a bit of, oh gosh, you know, this day is a real struggle. Mm. But we might do this, but there, but sometimes in perimenopause and early menopause, a woman almost feels like flatlining. Oh, so it's not she just the like yeah. huge ups and downs that oh. we almost see in TVs and films. Oh yeah, no. It can just be your just a little bit lack of joy. Neutral. Oh, yeah. oh lack of joy. Lack okay. of joy. I mean, how thinking about you you as a person that lack of joy, you don't get excited about something. Yeah. That's awful. You're you just know. Meh all the yeah. Time. yeah. Um, but also, a lot of women could get sort of anxiety and those those feelings of anxiety where they feel like it's that it's extreme to to the the the, the external mm-hmm. stimuli where why am i getting so anxious about this and that's because of this hormonal change interesting um and yes depression definitely mm-hmm. depression and it can be really severe depression mm-hmm. if it's not treated but we're lucky these days because we've got the natural body identical HRT, which wasn't around even 10 years ago. What does that stand for? Okay, HRT, HRT is hormone replacement therapy. Ah, okay. It's great. It's fantastic. Oh, HRT. Yeah, Without sorry, yeah. HRT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's good. It's very good. It's made from wild yams, which are like wild potatoes sort of thing. And it's a very natural product. It's great. It has to be prescribed by a doctor. Yeah, I was going to ask. Okay, so you can't pick this up at like... Um health shop or something no, like that. I understand. I literally was seeing a, a girlfriend of mine who's living in France over the summer, she rocked up to a chemist and was able to get it. And okay. I thought, oh gosh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I think different countries. Different countries, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, vaginal estrogen is now available, for instance, over the counter in the UK, which okay. is really good. Okay. Uh, that's very good. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the HRT, which is a, a gel or a patch 
which is estrogen gel or patch that has to be prescribed by a doctor. And so that's good for women in perimenopause, menopause mm, to kind of yeah. help balance yeah. things out. Yeah. It's interesting that you were saying help like the connection with depression, for example, because we had a chat with Lola from that you know from the Health Box and yeah. and um, and you know she was talking about yeah of course how holistically um, your gut is so connected to different oh, things yeah so I've seen the relevance then of nutrition yeah. as being something really important to mm. I guess sustain yourself better through the. Well, through your the stages of your cycle, but I also I guess I assume the stages of Completely. your life as a woman. Absolutely, right. absolutely, Ab- absolutely. So, if a person really eats that modern Western style diet, yeah. full of ultra processed food, then they are going to feel pretty rubbish, mm-hmm. or they're just gonna not feel like literally they've got yeah. that joy in their day or that vitality in their day they're just going to cope mm-hmm. and they'll most likely be having headaches and they may may even put on weight and their skin will be a bit perhaps a bit dull yeah and they'll just think oh what's going on but then they won't have energy to even sort of sort it out Add that's that. so true though right. when you're so t- you're too you, tired yes. to even put effort right. into figuring yeah. out yeah, an alternative. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. So add to that, which a lot of people might feel, wh- whoever they are, if they're eating that style of diet, and then add to that that this hormonal the flux, hormonal thing that yeah. could be like an added layer of uh, you know okay yeah, yeah. so we're it's really fighting really unfair yeah. of nature to do that yeah. isn't it yeah I mean I think it's something like a hundred two hundred years it may be two hundred years ago. Women usually died before round about menopause or when mm-hmm. before they even got into the menopause. So okay. yeah. All right. So this is like semi unexplored territory. Basically. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's really exciting though when you get to sort of like be the first so uh, you know, over the first kind of generations to like break down and the science and the understanding yeah. and yeah. 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 So and it counts also if someone's say taking HRT. Yeah. And, but they're still, you know, not looking after themselves and they're eating that Western-style diet yeah. with ultra-processed food and they are uh, not particularly exercising, then they're still not going to feel that fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, the HRT may have helped them, their symptoms. But you're, it's almost like a, but, it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> not to use the poop analogy, but it's like, you know, spraying perfume on a yeah. pile of, it's yeah. still, yeah. there's still, the problem is still there. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I think... <laughs> Why not encourage someone just mm. to have a bit more vitality to yeah. their life? Just feel a bit better. And it doesn't take massive changes. And this is actually not just to do with women. This is the area that my clinic work mm-hmm. is in, is women in perimenopause and menopause. Mm-hmm. But actually, this applies to all human beings. This is about nourishing you, yeah. that human being, and your gut microbiome. Because why do I pull in the gut microbiome as well? Mm. Because it produces, the gut microbiome produces anti-inflammatory benefits. It actually helps create vitamins in our body. So anti-inflammatory vitamins. Mm. It also helps in production of those fabulous neurotransmitters that make us feel happier, like serotonin. About 90% of serotonin is part manufactured in the gut, in conjunction with our gut microbiome. Oh, so, that's so yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, we want to really nurture that. And it, it turns out that all that kind of healthy, good food, like the Mediterranean-style diet, mm-hmm. is amazing for us human beings, but it's amazing for our gut microbes. Okay. So it's a win-win, absolutely. So it's about food that obviously fuels, but also food that heals. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, we'll it be- goes beyond healing even. Okay. So you get, you actually really start really living your life. Mm. You know, that jumping out of bed feeling. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear like breaking down what you feel like an ideal diet is um, just in general for people, obviously, uh, but also for women. Um, but before I just want to, um, I want to ask you, do you sometimes also consult or are there different considerations you can have for, uh, women that, um, through different like hormonal stages, like for example, women trying to get pregnant or, you know, through pregnancy Mm -hmm. or even just, or even like, I don't know, even teenage years. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, it's actually all very similar in fact, Mm. because we're just managing that gut microbiome balance and we're managing the hormones a bit better and it's actually a very similar way of eating and to start with if someone's eating a western style diet it's just nudging them away from that little Mm. bit so it's going a little bit away from that kind of convenience food and just perhaps bringing in a few other more nourishing ingredients into their day. Mm-hmm. Now we were speaking, weren't we, before about what do we have for breakfast? And, oh yeah. And I was talking to you about why the first meal of the day, which may not be at the classic breakfast time, doesn't matter what time it is, but the first meal of mm. the day, you really want to actually think about now, can I make that as nourishing as possible? Mm. Even if the rest of the day falls away and you get super busy and you can't really kind of control that too well, that first meal, you think now, can I nourish my gut microbiome and me through this? And you started your day off well. Mm. It's great. I don't know that I started my day off well really (laughs) great because it's just a lot of coffee on an empty stomach and... um, uh, and toast, but it's sourdough. Yeah, no, the sourdough is is really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's the better of yeah. breads. Yeah, it is sure. absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, sourdough is good. Yeah, it's great. Um, I know that this podcast obviously is very relevant for women, but I do think it's relevant for men listening to oh this my too, gosh, just yes. to have an understanding, especially men who might have women partners or daughters mm. or you know whatever. Mm. What would you say? Just you know, before we deep dive into the diet stuff, but what would you say is the biggest difference or just things to consider that's the biggest difference between men and women when it comes to hormone cycles and like the adaptive diets? Okay. Well, so guys don't particularly have massive hormonal Mm -hmm. changes in a month. Right. Okay. It's very subtly maybe, but not massive. And, but of course men go through andropause, which Mm. is not as dramatic as women's menopause, but they go through andropause, when their own androgens, which is their own male sex hormones, start to decline. And this is very individual. Which is later in life. Yeah, which is typically later in life. But it's actually around that similar time period. So a bit of a male menopause. Yeah, no, that's right. And it's called andropause. Andropause. Um, So that's like 40s, 50s, and that's easily tested for in a blood test. You just test your testosterone levels. I see. Okay. So that's easy for them. It's not so easy for oh, women. Never I'm so easy surprised. For women. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. And there are things they can do. Like literally, like there's women's HRT. Yeah. There's TRT for guys, which okay. is great. It's natural. It's fantastic. Testosterone replacement therapy. That's good. But the food I'm talking about here mm-hmm. today applies to them just as much to women. Yeah. Absolutely. And everyone. And everybody in yeah. between. It's very much to all human beings. Perfect. And... This is this anti-inflammatory yeah. diet, and it's foundational and fundamental 
to a person really living the best they can. It just is. And it's not hard. It's not hard at all. Yeah. Well, so I had, so, you know, I was, you know, obviously I, I try my best to get a little bit familiar with the different terms. Obviously you're the expert. I was almost seeing like, okay, well, there's anti-inflammatory diets. Mm -hmm. There's anti, uh, you know, related to like, uh, what is it? Uh, low histamine diets. But then, and then there's like diets that are for your gut health, but really it's all kind of yeah, it kind of all goes it, it's all together okay. really. Because for instance, I focus on what's called the Mediterranean diet. Okay. But you don't have to live around mm. the Mediterranean at all. So what's a Mediterranean diet? Then? Yeah, so yeah. I'll explain to you and this is for all humans. Mm-hmm. This is literally. Um, so a Mediterranean diet is very plant focused. It doesn't have to be fully plant-based, okay. So, but it's very plant-focused. So what we've got there typically is we've got people eating a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. and fruit yeah. and nuts and seeds and whole grains and legumes, pulses, beans, and beans, also yeah. lots of herbs and spices, plenty of extra virgin olive oil. And that that's it. There is definitely dairy in a Mediterranean diet, and there is there is lots of seafood mm-hmm. around the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it just, what about red meat, lamb? And there like is that? yeah, a little bit of goat, a yeah. little bit of lamb, some rabbit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, typically. I mean, these days, I imagine there's a bit of chicken in there and that sort of thing. But there's not very meat's not frequently eaten, not daily. Definitely not daily. Okay. So when you're saying it's it's uh, very plant focused, mm-hmm. um, which includes some grains. So, what does a Mediterranean? What would you not find in a Mediterranean diet? Like, is there a lot of wheat? No, there, there would okay. be a good mix of grains. Okay. It uh, traditionally it'd be what would be typically grown around that country in the right. Mediterranean. So grains would be, for example. Okay. So there's buckwheat. There's quinoa. Mm-hmm. Um, there's millet. There's amaranth. Okay. Um, and yes, there's wheat, barley, rye, mm-hmm. oats. Sure, but it's kind of like be blended a bit, okay. be just whatever's around that that area, um, and those all those grains generally can grow in most countries actually. And in fact, it's grown; those are all grown in the UK. Mm. Uh, it's just not very common to see all of those grains unless you go seeking them out. Um, and yeah, so great, definitely whole grains, definitely part of the Mediterranean diet. And what would you typically not find? Okay, so ultra processed food, okay, ready prepared foods. That's the yeah. Thing. So like that's what explain it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So foods that have had a lot of their nutrients stripped from them, mm-hmm. and they're kind of being almost remashed together and created the, kind of like into a meal that that might be great. Okay, so let's take wheat, a grain for yeah. example. A whole grain wheat is great. It's quite nutritious. You don't want to eat it all the time. Let's digress for a second. A typical Western-style diet might be somebody who has a piece of toast for breakfast, mm-hmm. or they might have some cereal, some wheat-based cereal for breakfast. And um, then they might have, say, a biscuit mid-morning or something right. like that. That's wheat-based. And then they might have a sandwich for lunch. That's right, very typical okay. in England. So you we're know. packing on the wheat, same... Wheat, 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 wheat. Same yeah. grain. Yeah. But that doesn't stop. They might still have another biscuit in the afternoon or something right. like that. They might have maybe a, a pie or, or, or yeah. a roll yeah. or um, but pasta dish even mm-hmm. in the evening. That's wheat, 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 yeah. wheat. And not only that, it's most likely it's white flour. Mm. Okay. And that, that, that's not diversity. There's mm. no diversity yeah. in that. So there's nothing wrong with whole, whole wheat. Mm-hmm. It's nutritious, but you don't have it all the time. You mix it up with other grains. So let's talk about 
um, coming back to the ultra-processed food. Mm-hmm. Let's take pizza as an example. Yeah. So that's usually white flour, which has been stripped of all its nutritional benefit. Mm-hmm. So much so that now legislation in a lot of countries means that they have to put literally put vitamins back into the oh, white flour. Oh, that's why you see enriched yeah. white flour, right? Oh, God. Because okay. they've stripped the yeah. goodness out of it. So that's actually not it's a good outrageous. thing when you see an enriched food. It means what? Yeah. why was this food already not nutritious enough that you had to add stuff literally, in? Literally, it's yeah. law. They have to add yeah. it back in. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's white flour. Pizza is usually made from. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a, a very quick, fast rising. Not it's Rarely, I mean, it wouldn't be sourdough unless yeah. you go to a specialist place. Okay. So we've got this bread base, which has no nutritional value, mm-hmm. barely. Okay. Apart it's from dead it, flour. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's lost its fiber. And yes, there are vitamins added in. Mm. And then you've got on top, you've got processed cheese. So not cheese that usually is dead itself in a sense. It doesn't have the yeah. beneficial microbes. Pasteurized, all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we might have a bit of, yeah, might have a little thin bit of tomato sauce. But that's been through a strainer. Usually it's lost any of its fiber. Could, might have some vitamin C left in it, mm. if I doubt it. And then, well, that's, that's a typical pizza. Okay, so what I mean is nutritionally, that is an ultra-processed food where they've taken a natural food like whole grain wheat or a tomato or a, a, a cheese that has been made in the kind of like mm. a natural method where they've still got beneficial microorganisms in it, taken all of those good foods and actually just stripped out the benefit and then made a food that tastes great, mm. of course. You're not so salt in it. Usually actually salt and sugar in the bread dough. Um, but it's just, it's just got, you know, apart from... Mm the macros in it, like literally the carbohydrates, the protein, the fat in it, um, it's just lost it. it. It's lost it. And when it comes to, I mean, like I, and I'd love to dive into what is considered uh, inflammatory foods, but I was reading somewhere that it's not necessarily what we eat, but it's just when your body receives just this huge hit of it is when your body goes into... um, revolts basically yeah. becomes inflamed it's yeah. it's not having a little bit of Maybe. bread once in a while but it's just if you're piling it on yeah. all the time like the i just time, described like that typical day yeah. yeah 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 that that also can be the case mm. definitely your body has to work hard the pancreas which produces insulin mm-hmm. has to work really hard because those white flour products mm-hmm. they have a what's called a high glycemic index and so usually they act almost a bit like sugar in the body. They get digested really fast. And that means there's a lot of glucose or sugar going into yeah. the bloodstream quite fast. So insulin has to come into the blood. It's hard work for the pancreas. Mm. That's partly what I think that that's meaning. Mm. And the other thing with ultra-processed foods, like a pizza, it's not, you know, a wedge of pizza. You know, who eats just a wedge of a pizza? Every You know, a lot of people eat a whole pizza because... It actually doesn't fill you up that fast because it's not full of fiber and loads of protein and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't keep you full longer. No, but it also doesn't even fill you up at that time of eating because we just generally eat more of it. Apparently, um, in a cereal packet, you know, you're given an average serving in the ingredients list sort of index thing. 
And most people, it's they found when they've studied it in the UK anyway, most people eat usually two servings of cereal, mm-hmm. just typically, because one serving isn't actually not oh, right, filling enough. Oh, right, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you see the recommended servings yeah. and if you see what it actually is, yeah. it's actually no, a lot less yeah. than what we people eyeball. People usually have. Or usually. usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's just kind of nutritionally not going to make you feel satisfied mm. that fast. Yeah. So in terms of, okay, so if we, so talking about the anti-inflammatory diets, yeah. it's low histamine. No, don't no. get, oh, don't no, put no, okay. part, I'm confusing part histamine things. away. That yeah. is actually a very niche diet for a, a few people that might have an intolerance to histamine. I see. And that, park it out of the way. It's okay. just, I see too that. Too niche then. Too yeah, niche, yeah, too niche. Um, I see that but a bit in clinic. But you do have a book about it. I do yeah, have an great. e-book about it because I occasionally have a client that virtually walks into my clinic room and she has some symptoms that are a bit like perimenopause, but, but she may, you know, anyway, I, I think to myself, okay, what's going on here? But mm-hmm. she, then she might give me her history. Gotcha. And I think, mm, actually, this could be maybe histamine. And she's already tried to address her perimenopause symptoms, perhaps through HRT, for instance. And anyway, that, that's okay. part that. Don't parking it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But the anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory, diet. which mm. is much more broad, maybe mm. a lot more relevant than to everyone. So, um, what would you say? So we we covered the. I mean, is it gluten or is it just like less um, uh, less beneficial flour? But are there other anti uh, other inflammatory foods yeah, that we are. find? So so that Mediterranean style diet mm. is anti-inflammatory, right? Because it's full of fiber. Lots of different fibers mm-hmm. as well, and it's full of what's called. I'll talk about the benef- the good anti-inflammatory diet first. Okay. It's full of what's called polyphenols, and I'll explain that in a second. Okay. They're anti-inflammatory, and it's full of vitamins and minerals, and yes, and protein and all that sort of thing. So it's got loads of benefit mm-hmm. going for it, and it has an anti-inflammatory benefit. Now, going back, for instance, to polyphenols, sometimes called plant phenols sometimes called um just just well yeah i call them polyphenols i mean there's these are plant naturally occurring plant compounds okay naturally occurring across the entire plant world so they're in your morning coffee mm-hmm. as well they're in, oh really yeah, yeah. Oh. they're in cocoa for instance so i'm not just talking about vegetables and fruit mm-hmm. i'm talking about vegetables fruit nuts seeds legumes pulses beans whole grains uh herbs spices coffee cocoa which is in chocolate um so they're all plant foods have polyphenols in they're naturally growing plant compounds and they have an anti-inflammatory benefit in your body Mm. just superb absolutely superb and mostly because our gut microbiome or gut microbiota that sit in our reside in our gut they eat so to speak so they, that's all the good little um, the good little buddies, buddies that we host in our yeah, which are systems. not part of us human beings no. yeah on the outside in our gastrointestinal tract okay. and they eat fiber in our food or if we have fiber in our food mm-hmm. they eat that any types gorgeous they also eat eat is not a technical they term things down yeah rubbish. and they so let's say they take in they in sort of yeah uh, they take in these polyphenols these naturally occurring plant compounds and they effectively give out anti-inflammatory compounds in return which oh, we humans we use from, i mean yeah. it's just 
now we know we didn't even know this like several decades ago I don't think we did science didn't mm. now we know it's fantastic it's phenomenal actually it's so good and so they're effectively almost this is not technical either they're pooping out these beneficial anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. compounds that we humans then use around inside our body. us in our, us, inside our gut yeah. but they actually cross our gut barrier our gut lining our gut wall and it goes into our bloodstream and into our lymph and that sort of thing and has this brilliant anti-inflammatory effect around the body and don't forget that anti-inflammatory also is amazing for our brains and our mood it's actually been found in research that a ultra processed modern western modern diet Mm -hmm. which is inflammatory Mm -hmm. can actually exacerbate or increase the likelihood of someone getting mild depression or depression okay so in fact that was shown actually in an australian university several studies that when people swapped over to more of an anti-inflammatory diet like a mediterranean focus Mm -hmm. sort of diet um uh, they actually their depression mostly most people's depression was oh, that's great. either relieved reduced or actually went away fantastic so, so now, that's some of the benefits yeah 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 so now we go to a an, an inflammatory diet and that's the our modern western style right. diet where foods have been stripped of the benefits mm-hmm. most of the polyphenols have gone away M- oh, al- okay. basically almost all the fiber has gone mm-hmm. so no anti-inflammatory kind of compounds or nutrients to help feed so we're not gut. feeding our little guys not at all good things too so they're not yeah. happy and they're not doing yeah. well they can't help us in return yeah yeah and then we have quite inflammatory ingredients mm-hmm. like sugar mm-hmm. and even excess vegetable oils and that sort of thing and you know, uh, saturated fat, little bits fine, it's absolutely mm. fine, but a lot of it can be quite inflammatory in the body. So we also have quite inflammatory ingredients in those foods as well. And so, what are the? So let's say, what are some of the? Um, uh, I want to say the effects of having a um, heavily inflammatory diets. So what are the things that people at home might kind of maybe feel or experience themselves? Okay. Yeah. Okay maybe low mood or that flat lining yeah not, not so much joy or or even depression mild mm. depression that sort of thing probably if it's a woman that her menstrual cycle might not be that good especially that peri uh, sorry that pre-period time mm. the pmsy thing could be worse okay they could get worse period pain um for well for men and women or guys or anyone anyone in between yes yes they, men um, do suffer when our PMS is yeah, no, no, worse. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So what I mean is that everybody can feel yeah, perhaps a little feel. bit uh, more tired, mm-hmm. more headachey. Uh, perhaps their sleep's a little bit disturbed. Mm. Maybe they've got some skin rashes even or kind of not some skin conditions going on, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, they're just not, not living, yeah. you know, really living And you life. said something about bloating before as yeah. well. Is that Yeah, that's that quite or? common. Or their bowel movements may be a bit loose or mm. a bit constipated or very constipated and loose. Mm. Um, gastroenterologists will define constipation as some someone who poops um, less less than every three days. So if you only poop once every oh, three wow. days, they don't define that as constipation. But if you only poop once every four or five days, they define that as constipation. Okay. So, you know, there's a big range. We humans, are. We, or, there's a big range of mm. what's normal, and that's fine. Some people, 
regularly poop a couple of times a day at least, maybe three times a day, and that's okay as well. As long as it's not sloppy and loose and diarrhea right. okay? And then someone might not poop for maybe a day or two, and that's still okay as well. Um, so it varies, yeah. So that would also change mm. if someone's eating this kind of inflammatory diet. And yes, most likely a bit of gut bloating. Interesting. Okay, so um, what are usually when somebody comes and, you know, and we can focus more on women too, but when you have, would you call them clients come yeah, to I you? Yeah, I call them clients. Yeah, clients come to Rather you. Rather than patients because yeah. that implies there's something wrong with them. Yes. Yeah. So when someone, <laughs> yeah, a human, okay. yeah. likely a woman comes to you um, and I assume you have to go through this like investigation, um, what is the usual approach I know we hear a lot about like the process of elimination is that you know not necessarily you, okay. because it depends what that person presents with mm. um, I do a really deep dive in that first consult into what's going on for them so their immediate symptoms and everything that I've talked about you know I ask them about their their period if they're still menstruating I might ask them definitely about how their gut is functioning and detail and I might ask them you know how's their skin how's their sleep do they get headaches you know do they think they have enough energy to get through the day you know lots of questions but I also ask them about their body's history and I also ask them about their family history and I also ask them about the environment where they live or their work mm. or things like that um, because you know if they live in a really moldy house that might be affecting them I don't know um, are they in the city are they in the countryside you know there's just so mm. many we really go into it and then I and I ask them about their ability to change what they're eating you know is it easy right. how would they might do how would we do that what can they get in what, literally what foods can they get in and how where do they shop online in a shop what's available to them yeah because I mean, when we talk about and we talk a lot about sustainable approaches, and we think you know sustainability, as in like super healthy, but it also has to be realistic. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I assume that you come up with a plan that can be super realistic. Yeah. yeah. Because not everybody either has access no. or the time, the resources. Well, yeah. But you can make some changes already that will have oh, some yeah. big impact. Absolutely yeah. right completely so often I'm bringing some foods in to rather than eating, eliminate rather than eliminating okay I rarely do what's called an elimination diet I actually mm. almost never do that as such oh that's really refreshing yeah. to hear but we yeah. might do swaps or we might okay. bring in some things so one of a class a classic thing yeah might what's be, a classic okay template. is maybe they're not eating any nuts and seeds remember most of my clients are well all my clients currently are women so yeah. They might not be eating nuts and seeds because they think that it's going to make them fat. Oh, okay. Because of the because, oh, because nuts are fatty. Because sure, they're in dense in calories. Okay, uh -huh. that even that has been right. challenged recently in mm -hmm. science. Yeah. Okay, because of the way we might absorb the calories from that particular nut. But that's let's yeah. not go into that. Um, we like fats here. We like no, we yeah. do like and yeah. so the the fat, the oil in mm. nuts and seeds is anti-inflammatory. It's brilliant. Ah, okay, it's absolutely fantastic. So, but they might not be eating them because mm. they they thought that it was fattening. So, right. and and we talk around that anyway because there's an anti-inflammatory way of eating is actually also very balancing on our fat profile. Mm -hmm. It's really good. So it, it's a weight loss in a sense or weight balancing mm. way of eating. So I might say to them, right, let's bring some nuts and seeds in. 
Mm. What can you, what can you get? Could you just buy a bag of mixed nuts? Right. Okay. So, because individual nuts in the UK, anyway, it's scandalous. Nuts and seeds are outrageously priced. Mm. They're really expensive. I don't know who's making the money here. You pop into Europe and you buy some bag of walnuts, say, and they are really great value. I mean, it's just, yeah. A little bit of my I mean, bag, I guess we don't grow nuts here, do d- we? Not particularly. Yeah. There are seeds grown here, mm. flaxseed, which is sometimes called linseed. It can be grown here. Mm. There are quite a number of seeds that can be grown here. Hemp seeds, very much grown mm. in the UK. If It would be fantastic if that was grown more here. They're so nutritious, flax and hemp seeds. Massively nutritious. Um, okay, so... and so, nuts. Yeah, nuts we and seeds. Nuts so, yeah. So what, what they can afford, but because seeds are cheaper in the UK, and that's fine. So we bring that in. We might just bring that in. Maybe you could bring in an extra vegetable into your, say, your evening meal. Could you do that? Any particular vegetables? that Preferably one that's green in colour. Okay. It can be frozen. doesn't have to be fresh. It can be frozen. Frozen veg is really nutritious. It's mm-hmm. great. It's fine. It's snap frozen when it's, it's, at it's, it's in peak. season. Yeah. At its peak. Absolutely. So a bag of frozen broccoli or a bag of mixed veg, why not? You know, pop it in to a pan and cook it or even in microwave, bring it out. It's in a bowl. It's boring as anything, isn't it? You know, literally some veg that you might have steamed or you might have cooked in microwave. Very boring. But how about drizzling some olive oil over it, Mm. some salt and pepper? Maybe you get some dried herbs, maybe some oregano or like a Mediterranean dried herb. Mm. And you just scatter it over the top, toss that together. And then those veggies taste great. Mm. Done. Okay. So it's almost like you can still have a diet that's pretty, like you can have foods that you're familiar with or that you appreciate eating, but they just become more nutritious adding to them. Just add in a bit more. And, you know, if someone maybe had a can of lentils, they could, because canned lentils are already pre-cooked yeah they could drain them they could get a small handful sort of for themselves and they could toss that into those veggies i mean this is very doable yeah. and canned lentils are the most gen they're the gentlest on your gut of all the legumes pulses beans so when someone's first transitioning over to more of this mediterranean style yeah. diet they want to go softly softly you can't hit your gut with a lot of fiber-rich foods and, and polyphenol-rich foods that is not used to it. It's going to go, holy, and you're going to get bloating and either loose bowel movements or it's just going to really be people are actually not going to feel so good. So you do nudge it in, nudge it in, okay. nudge it in. But remember, if you've nudged these in, hang on, you've only got a certain amount of room on your plate or in your bowl. Mm. What's going out then? Okay, because you have to have a bit, a little bit of something going out. If more is coming in, mm. and that's good, without even trying, maybe some perhaps it's pasta or rice. They're not having quite as much pasta or white, or rice. just not going for that second helping. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, and they're so, bringing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's great. It's easy. It's good. It's it really just elevates up a Western style diet immediately into a bit of a positive territory and it doesn't sound like it has to be too expensive no or with ingredients that people don't have access to and you know like you said frozen nothing while they work frozen canned can be fine yeah frozen's better but yeah frozen's better yeah Mm -hmm. that's really interesting yeah 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 i mean yes then then there's layers of course Mm -hmm. in health and the, the meal we shared last night 
I mean, that's... I mean, great. That, I, mean, I a, love every meal that you yeah, make. <laughs> a Mediterranean-style meal. Yeah. There were just lots of edges in different ways mm. with lots of herbs and spices because they're high in polyphenols mm. as well. And adding in flavor, we had uh, capers, didn't we? We had some anchovies, we had Yeah, olives. you always make, like, it's very fun combinations. Like, um, these, uh, what, what were the beans, the broad beans? The... Oh, yeah, so they were actually... The big butter beans, the butter giant beans, ones. Yeah. Sometimes they're called gigantes. Yeah. The really big ones. And With I capers and mm. herbs and yeah, fresh garlic, nice. olive oil, salt and pepper. Yeah. I mean, that's actually all mm-hmm. that was in the, the big beans. Yeah. And they were delicious, weren't they? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of all the beans you make. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you very much. And I've now completely got used to it. If I eat yeah. ate the way I do now, which is a Mediterranean-style right. diet, if I did that back when I was first doing my nutrition degree. Like without a transition? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, my yeah. gut would have gone, okay. oh. So actually, I would have got a gut ache. Yeah. And okay. it would have been painful. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So people, so s- slow transition mm. is the key, obviously. Mm. You don't want to shock your system. Mm. Even even if it's shock it into health, that's not yeah, a good no, approach. Absolutely yeah. not. And yes, it means that things will get nudged out. Let's come back to the breakfast. Mm. Well, when we call it breakfast, I call it actually first meal of the day because it doesn't matter when you eat it. I just want a person to try and really nourish themselves in that first meal. They usually have time, more time with that first meal or they've thought it through a bit and often people then, you know, they might go off out mm. and they just become so busy and they can't kind of think about being too then you just grab something on the go or something that's maybe or whatever yeah. sure yeah but the first one start with that mm-hmm. and for me actually i do like sourdough is good it better if it's whole grain whole mealy definitely um and then you can add something on top of it like you could spread it with some nut butter mm. or you could spread it have um you know just a really quality cheese on top of that and mm. maybe some sauerkraut or something or just add something to it maybe a side of fruit or yeah a side of kraut but you yeah. do want a bit of protein in there and okay. so the nut butter's got protein the the good quality cheese might have protein in it or you can definitely cook up some eggs if you eat eggs have that that's great something like that mm-hmm. that's all really good I made a labne last night, um, which is just simply strained yogurt. And that you can actually spread on a bit of sourdough toast. And I usually put... Strained s- yogurt, it's like th- a thick. It's thick yeah. and it's spreadable. Like It's mm-hmm. like a cream cheese, but it's yeah. healthier because it's got live, live beneficial live, yeah. bacteria in it. And so you can, you can put some herbs in that or even some garlic. That could be your first meal of the day. But you could also do yogurt or kefir, mm. uh, both brilliant dairy foods. You could add nuts and seeds in any types, ways you like. Maybe some whole rolled oats or maybe an other type of whole grain. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, sure, do put some sort of a seasonally fresh fruit in if you can. Or frozen berries or something. You know, maybe you grate an apple in or you have some frozen berries and you put that in. I mean, they're all good nourishing So just starts. adding things and yeah. having a few different yeah. things on your plate. Yeah. But that's got us on to fermented foods, which you haven't talked about. Yeah. And that's my pet favorite. That's your, yes. And I know you make <sighs> fermented things. I and do. So, well, first in terms of, okay, so if, if we just, the base. Yeah. Gut health, right? Yeah. So as somebody, let's say, who has no clue, when I think gut health, I think, oh, probiotics, which, you know, I guess is like what most people think of. Probiotics, yeah. yogurt, great. Right. Yeah. But gut health or... It's not just about probiotic foods. No. Right. right. Yeah. So there's probiotic foods and there's prebiotic foods. What's the difference? Okay, yeah. So probiotic foods have live 
organisms in it mm-hmm. which have a pro as in a beneficial effect okay. on us human beings. Really great. So that's things like yo- yogurt or yogurt. Yes, <laughs> yogurt. Wait, how do you say it? I, I say yogurt. I say yogurt too. And you, yeah. No, don't yeah. I say. What do you say? <laughs> yogurt. Yogurt. And you say yogurt. I'm what like, do you say? Yogurt. I don't hear the yogurt. difference. What do you, what do you say? Yeah. Say yogurt. Yogurt is, I think, more British, isn't oh, it? Yogurt? Yogurt. 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 And you say I, yo, yogurt. I say yogurt. <laughs> I am, I don't know what's going on lately, like Venus and, is in Saturn or whatever, but I am struggling with my accent. People are struggling. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, okay, No, great. it's fine. You can so, pronounce it any way you like. So yogurt. yogurt. Yeah. Um, and then there's dairy kefir, yeah. which is another just simply dairy milk that's been fermented. It actually has more beneficial probiotic mm-hmm. microorganisms in it. So it's actually better for you, but you know, it's, they're both good. Mm-hmm. Then you've got... It's um, a bit of an acquired taste though, right? It's like super yogurty. Well, we might taste some later. Okay. So let, yes, let, let's see. Yeah, Your okay. own, right? That you yeah, make? I make it okay. myself. Cool, but I'll cool, show cool. you also a great, some great, a great brand. So okay. you can buy. So we'll have a look Oh, well, yes, because we have yeah. uh, Yo Valley Organics. They actually send us some products. So oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. You see, yeah. that's really good quality kefir. So great. Okay. So that's, that's good. That's anti-inflammatory. All fermented foods are anti-inflammatory in the body like that is literally even being proven in science so yogurt is fermented yeah it's okay. a fermented okay. de- milk that's cool it's fermented food it's just so, they're words that are not usually associated yeah no i know yeah. i know okay so you've got yogurt and dairy yeah. kefir i say dairy kefir because it's water kefir and i'll show you later Ooh, okay okay and then you've got um fermented vegetables like sauerkraut and kimchi mm-hmm. um, they're both fermented from cabbage traditionally love, love yeah. exactly yeah. absolutely and then you've got things like fermented soya beans to very typical in japan mm-hmm. for example oh um, like natto natto i love natto natto yeah. is awesome isn't it and but you've also got like say soy sauce or miso and that's oh, all right. fermented soy okay. and then you have um some fermented drinks you've got like kombucha which mm-hmm. is fermented tea yeah and which we, like became such a thing even though it is years. such a thing yeah well it's it still, is yeah. yeah it still is but you know i don't remember kombucha being a thing like early 2000s no not it at all just, yeah there were weirdly yeah. i did a kombucha class in sydney oh, wow. in 2000 and and i just and it was this real niche sort of event mm-hmm. and i went i learned how to make kombucha and we were all thought of as being like real weird hippies <laughs> And now everybody can't get enough of kombucha. Exactly. Yeah. I know, right? I know. It's so funny. So um, that's great. Okay, and, so and fermented foods, a lot of things. And fermented are, drinks. Yeah. All really good. All really anti-inflammatory. If you buy it, mm-hmm. you have to know it's not been pasteurized, that it still has the live beneficial microorganisms right. in okay. it. So so if it says pasteurized, no. Forget about it. Forget it, about it. It defeats the purpose. Absolutely right. correct. Because pasteurization, we covered that um, in another podcast, okay, but it's good. when it's um, basically kind of cooked yeah. and killed. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like, So let's go back to sado. Sado mm. is actually very good for us because of the fermentation process with the, with the wheat, usually yeah. wheat. And that actually helps to pre-convert the wheat into some a more nutritious form mm-hmm. and more easily digestible in our gut. So it's actually good. But in fact, the actual beneficial microorganisms are almost entirely killed off by the baking. That's fine. It's still a really good product to eat. 
That's great. Um, let's go back to these live fermented foods. Yeah. So you need to, if you're buying, say, a kombucha They're like fizzy, drink. Yes. bubbly, yeah. very alive stuff. Yeah, very yeah. alive. That's good. If you are buying a live kombucha drink, mm-hmm. it needs to, of course, be, be stored in the fridge yeah. because it's live. And if it's not in the fridge, if it was live, it would pop and burst yeah. and yeah, shock people selling them uh-huh. wouldn't like it but you also need to be really aware that it is not only live but it also doesn't have too much sugar in it mm. so if you made it at home you would ferment it until it's only faintly sweet so you've just got to be careful because if it's too sweet it defeats the object because sugar is inflammatory in the body and so you're drinking this anti-inflammatory drink and yeah does the type of sugar matter no not at all okay no oh so I mean, so just low put, in sugar that's but all. if you put i mean for example like is swapping for honey or no, you know maple no. syrup is yeah, that no. still yeah no it's, yeah, yeah it's still sugar yeah okay. yeah it's still sugar i mean maple syrup i quite like for people who have irritable bowel syndrome yeah. maple syrup is is less irritable mm. but you know that's that's something else um yeah i know it's all sugar so have a look on the packet and okay. have a look that it's got less five grams of sugar per hundred mils or per hundred grams or less or less okay that's all you have to look out for okay and oh and don't have artificial sweeteners because they actually also disrupt so that's like gut microbiome so um aspartame yeah sucralose any artificial any you know artificial sweetener yeah so a bit of sugar's fine it's absolutely fine so those are fermented foods okay now they're really anti-inflammatory. Now we need to talk about prebiotics. So those have all got oh, right. probiotic. So we, probiotic. we haven't talked about prebiotic. What's prebiotic? Prebiotic is the food for your beneficial gut microbiome. Okay, so so prebiotic means it's the food. So fibers and polyphenols. Okay, and you, it's great having all this probiotic food, but you've also got to have the food for your gut microbes to be feeding off. So that's all that lovely Mediterranean diet type foods I was talking about. In those fermented foods, there is a bit of prebiotic foods. For instance, in sauerkraut, there's a bit of cabbage. So sure, that actually has great fiber in it. Mm. In milk, for instance, there's actually a a, a, um, a prebiotic. It's, it's a little bit prebiotic. Your gut microbes quite like dairy. Mm. I mean, not everybody's, but most people's. Yeah. And that's good. That's a good thing. But what we need to do is nourish that gut microbiome mm. by providing it with these probiotic fermented foods and drinks and nourish it with these prebiotic fiber-rich and polyphenol-rich foods. Done. When somebody starts to transition towards healing their, their gut a little bit, what would be, um, I mean, I assume it's not a night and day sort of what would they go so slowly go so 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 slowly okay otherwise you get gut bloating and you think this is actually worse than yeah 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 yeah. this is really affecting me yeah yeah yeah. so go slowly the best one i think if they eat dairy and maybe they eat a little bit of yogurt already go from yogurt to kefir Mm. okay it is in the uk anyway it's kefir is a bit more expensive than yogurt um there is no reason for that by the way i think it's just perhaps Marketers, yeah, yeah, marketers. Um, but you know, do that. Um, also, you can get kefir grains online. I'll show you later, yeah. actually, and that's actually really great value. You get some great milk and you make it yourself. It's okay. great. I'm excited. Stay tuned because we're actually doing a proper like recipe episode. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a first one for Sam and I. <laughs> <laughs> Good, great. Um, 
Or you could get a little bit of like live kimchi or sauerkraut yeah. and just have a tablespoon just mixed into a meal. Okay. You know, maybe in like evening, in your vegetable. salad. Yeah, or salad. Mixed in your or, pasta or yeah, soup the, or but whatever. But just don't cook it because don't then you okay. kill the beneficial mm. microorganisms. Yeah, so one or the other. I wouldn't do too much at once. Or you might start with a drink, a kombucha drink mm. and just have that. I forgot to mention this live apple cider vinegar as well, which yes. also has... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's not the same though, right? Live apple cider vinegar, because you can get... Is it reg- Is there a difference, regular so apple cider? So regular apple cider yeah. vinegar could be pasteurized. Mm-hmm. So look on the bottle okay. for it might say live or contains the mother. Yeah, with the mother. With the yeah. mother or live. I never live. knew what that meant. Yeah, it's so the, the mother means literally the microorganisms yeah. that sort of start the fermentation. So like that sediment that you yeah. see at the end? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that's very okay. good. Yeah, that Sediment is good. Alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the... Great. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you can just like add that in your salad, for example. Yeah, or, definitely. Or you can even, yeah. I make a great drink called a switchel, and mm. it's delicious. I can make it for you later if you want. Well, you just use I like think I saw shot. that on your website, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm, I, you just use a shot of apple cider vinegar, a little bit of sweetness, like say honey or maple syrup maybe, or something like that, and you use like some sparkling mineral water, say, and a little bit of lemon or lime juice. Oh, it's, it's delicious, yeah. Okay, so it's like the ginger shot of the gut. Yeah, and you could also grate fresh ginger into okay, the switch. Okay, so like shell. double whammy. Yeah, yeah, and ginger is a prebiotic food. Mm. Yeah. So. so this is good for um, basically anyone with a gut. Absolutely. Um, but if we if we go back, um, I guess to your niche, which is uh, diets for women mm. and that is aligned to a um i guess the hormonal cycle mm-hmm. i was just very curious to see like to understand like what could we expect that a diet that's aligned to a hormone cycle look like um that would be a little bit different maybe something that how you're used to eating in your 20s what would that change when you're in perimenopause or in menopause uh, okay I, I know that it's like very individual but yeah. could you give us a bit of an idea just well, to it would be compare. very similar. It would be yeah. a Mediterranean-style diet focused on fermented foods, prebiotics, and um, just all that those foods that we've talked about already. Mm. In the perimenopause, menopause, I encourage people to try and eat a little bit more phytoestrogen-rich food, whether they're on HRT or not. It still it still has benefit, and I also fo- get them to focus a little bit more on calcium and mineral sorry, magnesium-rich mm-hmm. foods, um, but definitely ones full of phytoestrogens, mm. which are natural plant estrogens You'll find in more. food. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're in nuts and seeds, okay? They're in, um, for instance, legumes, pulses, beans, especially, say, soybeans, and um, there's some in chickpeas, and in nuts and seeds, great ones are things like flaxseed, which mm-hmm. is sometimes called linseed, and chia seed and also sesame seeds and things like that. And so I get them to focus a little bit more on eating those nuts and seeds, some more tofu, maybe drinking some soy milk Mm. and that sort of thing. And perhaps adding a bit of chickpeas into their meals and things like that, or maybe eating hummus. And so I focus a bit more on that. along with this very anti-inflammatory yeah. way it of eating. It seems like the the nice uh, universal... Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Can um, can diet go as granular as, let's say, because, you know, considering a woman's cycle changes throughout the month, let's say 
pre like not in perimenopause mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um can diet be as granular as um adjusting your meals depending on the week or the yeah. part you're in yeah or? That, yes very much and also the timing of your meals like fasting and not ah, fasting okay. is really important in your monthly cycle to sometimes to be not fasting is is not a good idea mm. is so i can talk about that now actually yeah, that's want. interesting so yeah. fasting is usually where you have a, quite a biggish long gap between eating say your evening meal and your first meal of the day right and fasting now typically for every human being it's quite healthy unless there's some specific um need um you know um illness or, or um, that someone needs to eat very regularly mm-hmm. i mean you would always follow what your physician says but for most people it's great to have a break from eating i.e digesting for about 12 hours overnight now a lot of people don't do that because they snack late into the night and they mm. might because they want to have a quick breakfast before they go out to work say right. they might not they might sort of finish snacking in nine or even ten in the evening and they're having their breakfast at seven in the morning that's not 12 hours mm. so it's really healthy for everyone to have a 12-hour gap from mm. digesting and eating overnight right that's fasting overnight 12 so hours. most people fast without even realizing yeah basically. they do hopefully yeah. not most people you, yeah. oh, you'd okay. be surprised how many people kind of nibble into the late into the mm. night it's true i sometimes wake <laughs> up for a little midnight snack but yeah. okay so it just depends so um then if you fasting for a bit longer say 14 hours that's a little bit healthier on your digestive tract to give it even more of a longer rest. Mm. So maybe you finish your evening meal at 7 p.m., I don't know, something like that. And then you would start eating, say, at 9 a.m. That's 14 yeah. hours. Okay. That's better. Longer can sometimes be even better, but that's very individual on the person mm. on what they're hoping to achieve. That's a great rest for your gut microbiome and you, mm. a human, your digestion is really good. Now, a long fast, say a 16-hour fast, is not good in that premenstrual time. Okay. So that time running, that's maybe 7 to 10 days running up to your period. It's not so good to do that fasting. Definitely the 12 hours overnight, but the long fasting. Mm. Or even some people occasionally fast all day. And that's quite healthy at other times, depending on that person. I mean, obviously, yeah. if... If it's counter to what they they might have some illness, yeah, or what they're recommended, yeah, yeah, um, and so not to do that. So that's the timing of your meals, mm-hmm. and then um, during your menstrual cycle, for instance, running up to your period, mm-hmm. that seven to ten days, it's good actually to have a little bit more carbs. Okay. Ah. You know how a woman often craves carbs in that time? Yeah, yeah. like is it just some sort of... Uh, yeah, no, it's good actually okay. to have more nurturing comfort food. Mm-hmm. It's actually better for our system. So go with it. I would rather those carbs, of course, are complex carbs. Yeah, yeah. comfort food can be like healthy comfort food. Yeah, We're it can be seriously healthy com- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can we say that? We have to beat that. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I think you take that out because mm-hmm. we're slagging off a company that actually has just done something it's quite and beneficial totally potentially. Yeah. yeah. You don't so, want to run and like eat a whole bunch of junk food and but like comfort food can absolutely. be healthy. Comfort food yeah. can be seriously healthy. And you know, and, and women don't sometimes, it's not everybody, don't sometimes have as much energy in that time running up to that week running up to yeah. the period. So that's not a time to go doing loads of cooking because you mm. probably don't have lots of energy so when you do have more energy earlier in your menstrual cycle mm-hmm. then make, That's make when those to comp- healthy comfort that. foods yeah. and bung them in your freezer yeah. and then pull them out it's really good 
Um, so other times, not so much. This, there was online, there was quite a bit of talk about seed cycling, um, oh, okay. eating different seeds during different times in your menstrual cycle. That no. feels a bit trendy, though. It's tr- yeah. Unfortunately, it's trendy yeah. and not backed by science. It doesn't make a okay. difference. Eating seeds during your whole menstrual cycle, great, yes, yes. amazing for your 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 hormone kind of sort of like you know waves. I like to call them rather than balance, and it's very good. So those are little little tips. Um, for instance, there was some research that said if you eat too much red meat mm-hmm. in that week running up to your menstrual cycle, as in your period, yeah. you'd get more period pain. So you cut back on meat, Is red that meat. True. Yeah, no, it's a research. Oh, really? It's okay. research, but it wasn't like lots of research. It was yeah. a few proper proper research, mm. but showed that those women that were eating lots of red meat running up to their period had more period pain and those that didn't had less but that comes back to that mediterranean diet you see which is mm. so healthy for human beings and just super and it's diverse. really low yeah. on red meat and it's very infrequent eating it so okay interesting mm. i mean look i have my particular diet and obviously i think it's just very important to see it through um, different lenses, mm. trying different things. Yeah. You figure out what works for you too. Yeah. What's yeah. sustainable, what's applicable, and then just what makes you yeah. feel good. Yeah. I think just the practice of exercising attunement mm. to how you feel is maybe something we also don't do enough yeah, of. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I completely. I mean, this is my area of focus, but gosh, we can go into mm. the fact that the Mediterranean diet is such a sustainable one yeah. because it's very plant focused. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that is most likely to be more sustainable Mm -hmm. and but also the mediterranean diet when they look at how healthy it is in research it's not just about what people eat it's also maybe they sit down to eat and they prepare their own foods okay it's also the fact that often they're eating with someone else or in a community it's also the fact that in the mediterranean people share community more they're getting together more as well so that's more healthy mm. and actually when we get together with people and touch yes. them we're sharing yeah, microbes more connected. oh wow you know? yeah okay. no it's good it's a very good thing it's very good interesting yeah yeah and so that's a good thing as well and maybe i'm preparing you a meal i'm actually sharing a few microbes in that of mine mm. in that meal and that's okay it's all right and then you're eating it and so it's so okay it's not creepy and mm. oh gosh that is that going to cause me to yeah no but it's so it's true okay. i mean you know because i was thinking from just like this the spiritual energy yes of, that as well you know you can have the best healthiest you know meal uh, but eating it alone it's a little bit sad and right. you know you and we do yeah. get our batteries kind of um revved up by mm. being around people mm. we like and having mm. a great conversation yeah. but yeah no like uh, sharing sharing microbes yeah, yeah that's right but yeah i mean sure there, there'll be plenty of people in the mediterranean yeah. who eat on their own but they do get together much more mm. frequently than um certainly in my culture because i grew up in the uk the the culture of getting together uh, quite often with family really close family and yeah. friends was actually n- n- not there only on sundays yeah or yeah and so yeah or like meals go on much longer let's say in other cultures which which then your meal gets spread out over time you're just picking a little bit you're not having this um uh like eating super fast Mm -hmm. huge Mm -hmm. meal and then that's just sitting there you get to like spread it out enjoy it absolutely right there's a lot of different it's cool that you say that because there is a lot of different layers um yeah that are about the lifestyle around your diet that plays with diet yeah, exactly. So you said um, 
well, a few tips. I actually have a few uh, questions for you, okay. like kind of quick fire, mm-hmm. um, if you want to go through them. So, mm-hmm. okay, so just like very, very quick in general, super easy, um, maybe more of a Band-Aid situation. But if there's any one thing that people should, well, I had said eliminate. I see that that's maybe not the best approach well, now. Yeah. But let's say if there's any one food that people should consider reconsidering hmm. um today that's commonly that common in diets what would yeah. it be sugar sugar yeah all sugars processed sugars uh, so all all, all, sh- all sugar is it's just a little bit is okay a lot is definitely not okay okay yeah it's so, very inflammatory a lot of it okay yeah and it's usually found in like the processed foods yeah. you were talking yeah. about anyways yeah. so yeah. if you were cutting out sugar yeah then you're probably cutting out yeah, probably cutting out bought cakes and biscuits, bought pies. Yeah. Um, probably cutting out the, those bought yogurts that are really, or yogurts, yeah, that yeah, are yeah. really high in sugar. Yeah. A lot of yogurt is really good for us yeah. that we buy, but the ones that are really high in sugar, yeah. no. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is the most, what is one of the most underrated foods that you think people are missing out on? Oh my gosh, you threw that at me and I hadn't fed that. Oh, you can only pick just one. No, I'm kidding. You can pick okay. a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, nuts. Yeah. Nut, definitely yeah, nuts. nuts. Nuts and seeds. Yeah, nuts be, and seeds. Yep, yeah, definitely. Mm. Absolutely. I think that that's quite fundamental mm. and we're really missing out on those. Yeah. And um, also a fermented food. Just a fermented food. That can be one of the ones yeah. I've listed. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be all of them. Um, just getting back into having a fermented mm-hmm. food each day. And that could be a yogurt, but you need to know that it's a quality yogurt that's live and not the really high sugary ones that are being yeah. pasteurized. So yeah. just a quality natural, just a natural yeah. plain yogurt. Natural yogurt, so, maybe naturally sweeten yeah. it with a little bit of fruit. Or just yeah, so you sweeten it up it. yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You sweeten it up yourself with a little bit of sort of mashed up mm. fruit or something and maybe some cinnamon. In fact, yeah. I can show you that later as yes. well. Yes, yeah. that's great. Um, okay, and then as, well, I know also like you travel a lot as well and you, I'm sure you travel in, and you look at, you help look at uh, people's different pantries and fridges, I right, do. for their diets. Yeah. Um, you're like the Mary Kondo of the pantry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be a, let's say like a, a, a few staples that you recommend people always having on hand that could help, uh, that they could add into their yeah. diets that, yeah, just good so I actually think adding in natural, healthy flavors, because mm. so it's very easy to get veggies. We talked about you could even yeah. buy a bag of frozen mixed veggies, yeah. fine. But adding in then the stuff that makes us humans enjoy our food, mm. so taste good. But actually, I know a great few gut microbes as well, so they stimulate your digestion as well. I think that's really good. So I would say things like anchovies, capers, olives, mm-hmm. herbs and spices, and they do and not herbs have, don't to have, have to be fresh. No, they yeah. don't. You see. You get, just get yourself some, some dried herbs, mm. a few dried spices, sweet or savory. Really, really good mm. for us humans, but also great for our gut microbiome. Is spicy and, good? Like, yeah, yeah, spi- yeah, yeah. spicy is good too. Spicy is good. Okay. But remember when I'm talking about spicy, I'm not just talking about chili mm-hmm. and k- hot cayennes. I'm, I'm talking about cumin and coriander mm-hmm. and, and fen- fennel and fenugreek yeah. and cinnamon and, 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 cinnamon yeah. and cloves and nutmeg. And I'm just talking about all spices here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, next question. Out of apart from food, let's say, or your diet, or what is the I said the second most important thing that you think is affecting people's um, general well-being in their lifestyle? Lack of exercise. Lack of exercise. Mm. Any okay. any exercise. Any exercise is good. 
Yeah. So like moving, we're just walking, way too sedentary still. Yeah. yeah, we all know it. Everyone knows it in the in well in the countries that I you know uh, know of. Mm-hmm. They just know that they need to move more. Any move, any yeah. movement, any is movement, good for them. Any even movement. taking a stretch. Oh my gosh, you know, anything. Yeah, we yeah. don't do that enough. Anything's good. Yeah, yeah. lack of exercise. I mean, I could have said, I would have sleep. Yeah, getting sleep, sleep comes up a but lot. actually, yeah. exercise helps you sleep, and eating well right. helps yeah. you sleep. So Everything kind of really. I, I think works it's together. It's 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 exercise, movement, any mm. any any movement, any movement. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, we're gonna move after this. Movement helps your gut microbiome as well. <laughs> okay, so it helps peristalsis, yeah. which is the movement of your food through your gut. Uh-huh. Like you've got microbes like us doing exercise. So yeah, it's so funny. It's like it's e- it's it's always harder to take care of yourself, but it's oh, almost yeah. easier to take care of others. So maybe this is just a psychological trick. If you can't take care of yourself, do it for your your microbes, your microbes yeah. that oh, you're your hosting. microbiome. Is it? Yeah, yeah, microbiome. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, and having worked with obviously clients from all walks of life mm-hmm. across different cultures and countries. And obviously, we know that there's just a, there's been a lot of misconceptions, or you know, just science constantly evolves. So, mm-hmm. what do you think today is one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to food or like a healthy diet? Now, I'm going into touching into yeah. a little bit of you know a ground. Here. I think too much protein, too much protein, eating too much protein, right. and using that as what you fill up on. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to be eating more fiber. Okay. Just from wherever, mm. more fiber. All that whole Mediterranean style diet is full of fiber. And actually, people maybe are eating a bit too much protein now okay. and not enough fiber. And I want them to pull back a bit on the protein. And, you know, I'm talking about the countries that I know of, the people I know right, of. I'm not yeah. talking about the whole world mm-hmm. because some people are not able to get enough protein mm-hmm. in, their, in their diet in some countries. But the one, the ones I know about, mm-hmm. it's a bit too much protein and not enough fiber. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay, I'll think about that one. Yeah. Um, okay, great. And then, so yeah, on the sort of trends and fads and obviously like science being um, something that just constantly evolves, mm. um, what do you think was one of the most surprising things that you learned or that one of your own myths that was debunked or what, what is one of the things that, because obviously you've been practicing for, for a while and we, we discover new things every day. Yeah. So what is like, what do you think is one of your, maybe not most recent, but what was one of the things that was the most surprising that you learned through science oh, that yeah. you wouldn't have known as like an average consumer, that kind of okay. so there, turned the light bulb on? You yeah. Know? Oh, okay. There were quite a number of things. Yeah. But actually, I think it was learning about if I can keep my gut healthy, and that includes the, the microbes living in there, but mm-hmm. if, I, if I can concentrate on, on, on just making my gut better, because remember, I, I used to be bloated, yeah. I used to have loose bowel movements or constipation. Mm-hmm. If I can eat for my gut, then actually I'm eating for my entire whole body and uh, mind. Okay. You know, so if I focus on actually making my gut healthier, actually I'm You're helping ma- everything else. Everything. Everything. Mm. Yeah, very much. So so for me, I wasn't eating enough fiber. Um, I was basically eating a 
a Western style diet mm-hmm. that was slightly healthy. So right. I was having a cereal for breakfast. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was eating Weetabix. Right. And I was um, I was occasionally having a cookie or something or sometimes mm-hmm. a piece of fruit. I was having a sandwich for lunch, but it was whole mealy. But yeah. it was and then I might have pasta for for dinner. Mm-hmm. So I was but the pasta might have been... I don't even think it was whole meal mm. back then. When I, I mean, yeah. you know, you still eat, like, you know, you, you made cake for us and all I that, did. but it's just like a healthier version. It was it's not very, every day all the time. Not at all, yeah. yeah. Well, it was low in sugar, it was high in fiber. Yeah. I used olive oil, actually, instead yeah. of butter in the cake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And put a load of spices yeah. in the cake because I know they're full of polyphenols and anti-inflammatory, so yeah, you're right. You're was, di- yeah. You can still have a very fun, delicious diet, mm. Even if it's healthy. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what do you think, let's say, is one of the biggest challenges for people, for your clients that you've seen um, who struggle in having a yeah. healthy diet? Yeah, what do you think so is the biggest hurdle. It's, it's, the t- it's the time and effort. It's, okay. it's literally that because if they are eating a Western style diet, they're feeling tired. Mm. They're feeling tired. If they're in perimenopause or early menopause, they're feeling tired. Mm. So it's the energy to change. And that, that affects your motivation. Oh my and gosh, yes. Because yeah. it's so funny, a lot of people say, oh, I must be cost, you know, because it's so costly to have a healthy diet. But, you know, you've kind yeah. of disproven that. Yeah, it's no, just yeah. the motivation. Well, yeah, and they so might tired. even have some motivation. And I think, I, I, I know I need to, I, I've got to, I've yeah. got to do something for myself. I need to, you know, this, I just feel so shit. Yeah. You know, but then there's the effort to do mm. it, you know, and that's what I like to try and say, we just change a few things, yeah. just change things. Slowly, slowly. Oh my God, I want to hug some people that walk virtually into my clinic room and go, oh, bless you. It's, it, it's, so it's not going to be, yeah. it's not going to be that hard. Mm-hmm. These, This is what you can do. And you're actually like, you're not that crazy for feeling so tired. It's not, you're not. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's you're tired because of this reason, and we can sort this out. Yeah, yeah. there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, mm. incrementally oh gosh, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, What do you um What do you expect to see in terms of like upcoming trends or upcoming shifts in people's diets or just okay. from someone in the industry? Well, I think that um, the big food manufacturers might start putting a bit more fiber in foods, okay. just like adding it in. Yeah, that's a good move. That's that's a good that's a good move. They um, they might get a little bit more interested in kind of the fermented food scene and try and add that in a board mm-hmm. and bring it in more so it becomes much more mainstream, and that and that would be good. And um, I think from my perspective, I think people will grasp this whole thing about feeding your gut microbiome even more as being actually fundamental to to being a healthy human being. Because right now, I don't know whether they've got it. I think it's still a bit too niche. And so I'm hoping they'll understand a bit more about eating a bit more fiber. And that doesn't mean literally getting a bowl of all bran. I mean, yeah. all those Mediterranean foods. Yeah, that's all probably of the very ones, bad. <laughs> all, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Um, all of those foods all have fiber in them. Yeah. And they just might bring, bring it in a bit mm-hmm. more. And that'll just become a bit more mainstream, I hope. Is this a wish or is this what I see as right. a trend? Yeah, yeah, know. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to think that, that they mm. understand it a bit more. And so do big man- food manufacturers mm-hmm. understand about bringing a bit more fiber in. Mm. I mean, I see it a little bit. Some yogurt companies say they've added inulin. Inulin is a, is a fiber, ah, good for your okay. gut microbes. Not everybody. Some people get a bit of bloating from inulin, but most people are okay with inulin. Mm. 
Um, and so some products have added in inulin. Well, that's a good move. I mean, I know in a purest sort of world, we want actually just all the natural fibers yeah. in food, but inulin isn't totally natural. It's mm. a fiber and they've added it in. That's a good move. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm. So any, um, any last piece of advice or wisdom for, I mean, people or women at home, let's say, who just want to be a little bit more of an advocate for themselves when it starts to, when it comes to their health and how they're feeling. Um, yeah. So um, I can, I really know women yeah. much better and I know they do not put themselves first. Mm. Oh, gosh, they don't. They put just other people first, you know, in whatever situation is. Um, they, they, they're not usually putting themselves first and I want them to think about themselves and trying to make themselves feel better first. And then, sure, they can help everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And probably even better. Yeah, oh, exactly. Mm. Yeah, because they'll have more energy and it'd be more into life, and that will be great. Yeah. That's amazing. That's mm. actually a really great takeaway. I did not expect that. Okay. But I think it's a very good message, <laughs> especially to our women audience. Um, okay, so we can, uh, so anyone who's interested about your work obviously can find you on your website, which yeah. will pop up obviously on screen mm. um you have an amazing instagram mm, and you, you share tips and recipes yeah. i mean i'm always like watching and you know doing a few things like taking notes yeah um anything you want to share that's coming up for you not especially okay. because my fermented food classes for instance which is sometimes actually in person mm -hmm. in the uk mostly only and then sometimes online they're, they're just be on my website okay. and then just my workshops that they're coming or talks I give talks sometimes a bit and they'll it'll all be on my website okay. but but yes I do share quite a lot of free information mm -hmm. I'm really happy to uh, recipes and information on my social media but also on my website that's amazing yeah, yeah. well thanks so much for talking to us I feel Pleasure. like I'm so much more educated on <laughs> my own health <laughs> cycle but also like the gut health and i yeah, think it's good. quite nice to just remember we're taking care of a lot of other things mm. than just us mm. although we should always put ourselves first of yes course, if well we want to help i mean actually yeah. same for guys apparently a, a modern guy these mm. days does not put himself first mm -hmm. enough and doesn't actually think about him and his health enough or and anyone in between i mean yeah. just that kind of when I say modern, I only can really reflect on the countries I've lived in mm -hmm. and know those sort of people. But they, we're coming into something else. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's super interesting. I mean, look, we've um, we actually we 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 have our resident therapist um, who's spoken to us also about you know the benefits of men's workshop. And I oh, think absolutely, I think everyone's a little bit underserved somewhere. Yeah. And it's that kind of like airplane um, scenario of like you gotta you gotta put the mask on yourself to right. help the person next to you and. I think the um, coming back to the mission of this whole, you know, of a new yeah. table where if you um, if you can make yourself a little bit better mm. as an individual, then mm. likely you'll be able to do a little bit better for the people around you, your communities, your environment. Completely. So, yeah, this is all super good stuff. Completely. Brilliant. I am very hungry we're <laughs> off to film our very first cooking show yeah um so yeah let's head to the kitchen okay. and well thank you so much for this chat okay pleasure yeah, it was super interesting okay great, great. ready